Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the That Sounds Fun podcast. I am your host, Annie F. Downs, and this week is super fun and super special. Actually, the podcast you are listening to right now is actually part two. It is part two. Part one of the podcast is over on our guest's podcast, Luke Norsworthy from Newsworthy with Norsworthy. His podcast, we recorded two parts to one interview. So you're going to want to go back and download that episode and listen to that one and then listen to this one. And if you stick around for the podcast, there's a little reward for all of you who make it through both. I just want to tell you real quick, the music in the background is from our friend Ellie Holcomb. Her album Red Sea Road is a constant companion for me. So I hope you have gotten that by now. So enjoy this conversation. We pick up right in the middle of where we're talking. So you will, um, if you don't listen to part one, you're going to feel like a little lost goose and I don't want that for my friends. So grab part one from Luke and then start here with part two of this conversation between me and Luke Norsworthy. Okay, so the difference between your podcast and my podcast is I don't intro while you're sitting here. We just go. We just we're we're going already. Yeah, we're just going. So what I hope I'm going to say this to my listeners and my friends, we've already been talking for mm-hmm. half and fifty minutes, mm-hmm. and so that is on your podcast, Newsworthy mm-hmm. with Norsworthy. So they can go back and hear that. Why did you start your podcast? Because I wanted to talk to people, and uh-huh. I thought this would. This would be fun. Yeah. When okay, when I heard saw your title for the first time on yeah. the iTunes, I thought that's clearly an Enneagram seven because that's how yes, I talk too. Thank you. I was like, that's the most seven title ever. Yes. Um, I literally was thinking, sitting on the chase part of my sectional couch, uh-huh. reading uh, a book by a friend of mine named Richard Beck. Yeah. Uh, who is? I've an, seen you talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, Beck's great. He wrote a book called. Um, the Authenticity of Faith, which is probably his least known book. Um, and the first half of that book, I thought it was one of the best things I've ever read. Just because okay. it intersects theology and psychology together. My yeah. dad's a psychologist, blah, blah, blah. So I'm reading this book by Richard Beck, and I'm thinking, I know Richard. I'd love to talk to him. I'd love uh-huh. to have an excuse to really get deep into this subject matter. Yeah. And a microphone is a great excuse to do yeah. that. And so I started for that reason, and I thought, I'd love to talk to X, Y, and Z. And this was... Four years ago, something like that. I'm looking at you like you yeah, remember. Yeah, you were, when... but I mean, you were on the front side of podcasting. Yeah, and so th- you and relevant. Yeah, four years ago, there weren't everybody who could get a microphone has a podcast. Exactly, like it is now. and so Yahoo's like me. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 no. But it's it's easier now, and it's also far more normal for people to be invited on podcasts. Yeah. And so I remember having to, like, beg people, and I remember this back and forth with one person. I'm not going to say Sarah Bessie's name, but <laughs> the person, and I remember she was like, so tell me about this, and what are you doing? I'm like, yeah. first of all, I like your stuff, and so this will be, like, positive for you. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember saying exactly that, but I remember there's a back and forth trying to go, this is okay, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And, yeah. Um, now it's a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah, I'm done. I love that. Sarah Bessie too. She's great. Okay, so see, this is all blowing my mind, Luke. This is what we need to talk about. Also, we th- we have some topics, so we need to tell the people we met about I don't know in oh, September. Yeah, in Michigan, mm-hmm. and we're on another podcast together from your the Jason Palooza, the Jason Palooza one. Mm-hmm. So we can go back and listen to that. I want to talk more about that too because I have I, that was such an interesting experience for me. Really? Yeah. How yeah. so? Well, for so, well, hold on. Just okay, let me okay. Say this is your podcast. That that's, we've only been friends for mm-hmm. a month and a half or something, mm-hmm. and you're a Church of Christ pastor, but you like love Sarah Bessie. 
and mm-hmm. me and all these people who are like way outside of your I'm box. I'm trying and, to convert you all. Yeah. <laughs> trying to make sure we all get to go to heaven with you. Yeah. I just think it's so interesting because you, um, I have such a preconceived, what is the matter? I tried to put my elbow elbows too on the far table back. and I missed. Okay. I missed. Yeah. Preconceived um, idea about Church of Christ. Passes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just not, you don't check off any of those boxes of what I thought y'all were. Mm-hmm. So that's why I asked you on your podcast if you're an outlier, because I wonder if there's this new generation of Church of Christ pastors mm-hmm. that are coming up that are not leaving the theology of the church, but leaving maybe some of the traditions of the church yeah. that may not have lined up exactly with the theology that you believe. Yeah. The the worst part of my tradition is very sectarian in that, like, we really thought we were the only ones going to heaven. Yeah. And so I make that joke a lot because it's— Yes, you do. Um, it's, <laughs> you threaten my salvation on the regular. Well, some of those are not humorous. I mean, I think <laughs> I think some of those are really validated. You should really think about Annie. Yeah, but— <laughs> So that, that's the worst of our tradition. And we're yeah. like this weird— But is that going? Is that still true? Like, does is, is everybody live like that? But we're a non-denominational denomination. Okay. And so there's no headquarters. It's all autonomous congregations. What? Yeah, there's no— There's, there's no, no There's no one over you? There's no governing body? No, like we're, we're all just freestyling this, which is also known as the autonomous congregations that are elder-led. So each individual church is, is run yeah. by— that church. Yeah. And so that allows a great deal of diversity within the same name yeah. church. Yeah. But, you know, our universities in some way function as like hubs mm-hmm. and that do some sort of similar denominational kind of things in a very informal way. Yeah. And so to say there is a univocal transition of a more inclusive and generous, kind, loving, less jerkish kind of thing would be an overstatement because there are churches that, that don't reflect this. And there are churches that... For example, I uh, the church I'm a part of now, we added yeah. uh, an instrumental service uh, just with a normal band. Yeah, because most of the time, people in Church of Christ do not use instruments at all. It's just yeah, a cappella. They're just a cappella, yeah. which is a beautiful tradition. At the it heart of it, it was uh, financial reasons, really. In, <gasps> really. During the Civil War, like we're a Southern tradition, and in the South, people kind of were losing. Yeah. Uh, and by kind of, like they really lost. lost. And so yeah. there is an economical. Um, effect on the church. They didn't have the resources to have the organs like our northern brothers, mm. and so they were a cappella. And yeah. so there's a beautiful simplicity of that, and everyone participates, and it's not just some watching anyone perform on the stage, but we're all in this together, and it's a very beautiful tradition, but it becomes very cancerous when we start to add, well, you know what, this is the right thing to do, and it's in the New Testament, there's no commandment for this, which is kind of playing a little fast and loose with some pa- yeah, parts of Scripture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so there's still people who hold that. And when our church added the band, I had someone write a it was like 27 or 29 page critique of my three sermons. <gasps> and just oh, this is wrong and this is blah blah blah. And so there is still that that exists yeah. in our yeah. tradition, but for the most part, I mean like you're in Nashville, there are a lot of churches that are very mm-hmm. similar to what what we do in yeah, Austin yeah. And, and vice versa. So can we talk about women in leadership? On your podcast, we can definitely talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, well, I just want to—I mean, it is totally fine, as we said on yours, that I'm wrestling with it. Is that going to be okay for your people, how I hand, how I, I talked mean, about it? If it not, of course. are you going to yeah, no, edit me? No, I will not. I would, I would never edit you for that. I mean, if you think of the people who have been on the podcast— Yeah, that's true. Not I'm not, Weber not has been on, on it. And yeah, so right. we're pretty much crossed any bridge yeah, that— yeah, yeah. Uh, No, I, I think that you have, even in the Churches of Christ, a— plurality of opinions on how that is and yeah. not everyone would say it's an opinion but there are plur- what have you come to when you've studied do you want to say that or not you don't have the to church, i'm asking you as my as my friend i'm like yeah. what, when you've so studied the, what the have church you come that to? i was a part of before uh had uh women the one you in, planted the one i started okay we had a woman elder so we had um 
gender inclusivity completely through the church. It was in, in our DNA. Yeah. And so that's where I personally land. And I'm a part of a church that doesn't have that uh, conviction. And that's what I signed up for. And that's what I knew I was getting into. Yeah. But that's my personal opinion. Yeah. Uh, and... And you have women who, te- like last week, a woman taught at your church, or she was uh, interviewed. A woman, yeah, gave she her testimony. Stage. Gave a testimony, and that's something this church I've been a part of for two years has done long before I was here, where they yeah, were at women cool. sharing their testimony in service. You may have already done this story. I just don't know it, but you planted a church in Denton, Texas. Mm-hmm. Outside of Dallas, yep. And did that one continue it, on without you, and you've moved to a different church? What's ha- what's yes. the transition of that? So I was there for seven years. We did that, and then this church in Austin called me, and it's my wife's home church, and it's a church that I've known for many years. I mm-hmm. uh, would visit uh, ever since I was in college, and it, it was the first time I took a phone call from another church because, yeah, I'm doing what I want to yeah, do. I love it. this, yeah. and this is my baby, and then— What's that church called? In it's Denton's? called Venture. Okay. And uh, I'm really good friends with a lot of the Cross Timbers people in Denton. Oh, really? Ross Slough, Toby Slough. There's like my yes. people. Yeah, yeah, Jamie. yeah. Yeah, I love all of them. Have you been out to Cross Timbers? Yeah, yeah. I've spoke. I've done a women's night at Cross Timbers, and like Ross and his wife Michelle are like my mm-hmm. fan. Like Toby's one of my like people. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he's like one, of, especially after our pastor left Crosspoint, Toby was one of the voices that kind of spoke into my life. Really? As a pastor father mm-hmm. figure. So, I love Cross Timbers. I've, and I loved it. That I have a, West I've, Oak Coffee. Come on. Yeah. I love I've, I've got store. a lot of respect uh, for Toby Slough. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, good dude, good people. Yeah. Um, so, you were there, you were there seven years. Seven, it was your baby venture. West o- yeah, Westover called, and it was a hard decision that I was kind of unsure what I was going to do to the very end. Yeah. And um, that has to be insane to plant a church and then, and then leave it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's like you give birth to a child and then when they're seven, you're like, hey, good luck. Good you're luck. on your own. <laughs> We're yeah. going to give you to someone else it to was, finish. It was, re- it was really hard. It was a hard decision. My church is fully supportive uh, of me and everyone who's there. So, you know, Luke, you're making the right decision. This is what you should do. Yeah. How'd you know it was right? What was the moment that you thought, um, yeah, this is right? Uh, here's the weird thing. After I made the decision, I've never once second-guessed it. Never oh, wow. once second-guessed it. Very happy, exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um, people I work with, the elders, uh, my coworkers, the executive minister, all these people are just outstanding. They've made the, the transition. The church has been great. But the week of, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. One day the next, um, one night Lindsay went to bed, and I was like, yeah, we're not going to go. And I was watching on um, HBO. They did a thing for Foo Fighters album that came out two years ago. And they did a a song in each different city that had the real ethos of that song. And so they did one episode in Austin, Texas, because, you know, Austin, Texas, live music capital. I don't know if we can say that in Nashville. I think that's, I mean, that still may be true. Yeah, but they did one at the um, Austin City Limits. And so they did this whole hour special of Foo Fighters, City of Austin, a uh, famous musician from Austin who played guitar in that song. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll change my mind. And then the next wow. morning, he's like, yeah, we'll do this. No, no, no. I, and I just went back and forth. And uh, finally, what um, I don't remember if there was like one, like one moment that just changed mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, we got to the place where we had something we agreed on. And, and I think that's way more uh, in my life and in my friends' lives, it seems like the Lord. That is how God directs people way more often than a lightning bolt that says, do this. Yep. It's more like, yeah, let me think about that. I think that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Let's try this. Let's see. Yeah, let's make a decision. I mean, I, th- I feel like there's a lot more fluidity yep. to 
stepping into your next right thing than uh, than we expect. Yeah. Uh, John Orberg had written a book just a few months before I left called All the Places You'll Go. I think that was the name of it. And it talked about how God's will isn't like so much a door. Like there's only one door that you can go through. Sometimes there's only one option for you to do, right? right. It's like, hey, do I, am I faithful to my wife or I'm not? Like that's one, there's only one option there. But if it's, how do I live out my giftings and call? There's there's a bunch of doors you can walk through. The question isn't where, when, and what as much as it is who. Mm -hmm. Who are you going to be whatever door you go through? So in that moment, I, I remember talking to a therapist once I got to Austin and he's like, you don't think this is the, like, God's will for you? I'm like, well, I think God's will would have been for me to be there and be faithful or to be here and be faithful. He goes, you don't think there's just one? I was like, no, no. no. Yeah. I, I think I could have been just as faithful there as I am here. Now, yeah. once I've, I moved here to Austin, I've never second-guessed it, and I, yeah. I think this is a long-term thing for me. Yeah, I mean, that's how people talk about marriage, too, is like, well, if if he wasn't the one before, he is now because I married him, <laughs> right? Like, if, I don't know if there's just one, but when yeah. I marry the one, we're done. Lindsay, listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> listen to that, okay? I know you can do better, but oh you're gosh, already stuck with here. me. Stay with me. It's been 14. We can I'm keep on going. I'm telling you, you're 14 years. Let me do the math on that. Yeah, that's right. That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. She's stuck with me this oh long. My gosh. I thought I could yeah. get seven years. You were guaranteed seven. The, really, the reason we had the third kid is like, that's an anchor baby. Oh, my Because I thought there's a chance, you know. <laughs> she, she's back home. She can find someone from Austin. But uh, no, the, the no, third no. one's going to really keep her with me. Literally, all three of your daughters have your face. So she, she can't get away. Do you not think that? When I look at them, I'm like, oh, my gosh. They have Luke's like, yeah. eyes, at least. Like your eyes and your nose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do. We're kind of hoping they outgrow it. Is that weird to have tiny people that look like you? See, I see them more than I see myself. Oh, sure, because you know them, and I don't really know them yet. Well, no, no, because, like, if you think about the amount of time I spend with them, it's far more than the amount of time I spend, you know, like, brushing my teeth and combing Mm -hmm, my hair, especially mm -hmm, now, mm -hmm. less hair. So (laughs) I see them, and sometimes I look at myself and go— Oh, that's that's Avery. Because you because know, yeah. you just think about the amount of time that I'm looking. That you're looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So you look into their faces, and then you look at yourself, and you go, "I have Wait her a face." Minute. Yeah. Yeah. But no, they're the best thing in the world. Fourteen years. Yeah. Does Lindsay work outside the home currently? She's a neonatal ICU nurse, Good and she does baby. that uh, probably three days a month. And is is she day shift? Night shift. Bull. She wanted to work night shift because she thought, okay, I, I won't miss anything. And then, so she'll work a, like a Thursday night. So I take the youngest to preschool with me at, at our church. And then the other, the oldest are in school. She sleeps during the day, picks up the youngest. I get home from work and then she goes to work. And then the next morning I take the kids to school and then I'm at and home. And the day off. Yeah. yeah. And I'm with the youngest. And yeah. so she sleeps. So. Oh, brilliant. And yeah. like three times a month, you say? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, she's smart. Yeah. I mean, I liked her. Yeah. She's, I mean, I couldn't do what she does. I couldn't either. The the best thing is like I'll I'll uh, text her I'm like Hey Lindsay, where's like the frying pan? And it's like two hours. I'm like sending. I like gifs, and so I'll send her yes, a do. few of them. And then she'll be like, I'm sorry, my baby kept dying. I had to bring it back to life. And I was like, I know, but like I said, <laughs> where's the frying pan? <laughs> but like I said, I'm hungry. Yes, the kids I aren't need even some here. eggs. Yeah, <laughs> I need some eggs. Okay, let's talk about this CrossFit. I'm not into it. Okay. But I super respect that you're, you are, I mean, when Jonathan Merritt said you wear a Schmedium shirt on that Jason Palooza um, podcast, I died. I laughed yeah. so hard. Tell me why it matters to you. This is something that we, my friends and I talk about a lot. Tell me why it matters to you to take care of your body in relationship to your job. Oh, in relation to my job as a pastor? Yeah. 
Okay. First of all, if you say you do CrossFit, you automatically have about 40% of the world just hates you. Yeah. Because most of the time when you talk about CrossFit, you're like, oh, I hate you. How um, long have you done it? Okay. I wouldn't say... Are you not a CrossFitter? Is that just a rumor? No, I did. I, I worked out at a CrossFit box and was pretty religious about CrossFit style of fitness yeah. um, for a few years. I've always been involved in sports or fitness. And so I've consistently worked out since I was like in eighth grade. Yeah. And I've always had an interest in fitness and nutrition and all that. Um recently I'm 36 and now my body doesn't want me doing CrossFit. And so I do uh, some of the CrossFit movement. I've got a garage, blah, blah, blah. You do. I saw, oh my gosh, you had 60 pound weights. I saw on Instagram. You had 60 pound weights in your home, in your home. Yes. Gym. That's, that is a true statement. Let me, can I tell you what I have in my house? Tens. What? Tens? That's Tens. a good place to start. Or finish. I mean, yeah, listen. <laughs> I'm not brand new at this. I'm just not very strong. But there's a different... I Your your arms... I don't need arms that look like your arms. That would be thank awkward you, for I'll, me. That's a compliment I, to your arms yes. that a female Annie does not need. There are females who want that. I don't need that. I don't know how to talk right now. Because <laughs> that's real awkward. The Okay, so I've always enjoyed fitness. I'm steering this into something. My no, co- I just want to talk space, about the fact that you have 60 pounds. What else do you have at your house? How How, how big are your... Barbells. Is that what those are? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what those Dumbbells. Are? Dumbbells. Dumbbells. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so I have 60s. I've got 70s. Uh, we've got kettlebells and yeah. um, tires. So you and Lindsay and just go out there. You have tires. You flip tires at your own home. I do, but I the new neighborhood, I feel less uh, confident about how much my neighbors would like that. My old neighborhood, there was a, an older lady who lived next to me. Uh-huh. And whenever I was working out, she would somehow like go check the mail oh, like geez, three gross. times. Gross. <laughs> 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 but she was like 80. And so maybe she just forgot when the mail came yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, but it, yeah, it always, yeah. like I'm just saying like the tire flipping sound might have like done something to her brain because she kept forgetting. Like Pavlov's dog. She just exactly. thought it was time to check the mail, the mail yeah. when she heard the tire. Mm-hmm. You just keep a tire in your garage, one of those big old truck do you, tires. Do you not? No. Well, A, I don't have a garage. But B, no, I literally have, well, the program I do doesn't require anything except mm-hmm. um, weights and a jump rope that I don't really like and then things to jump on. So I just have a, this is so sad, I have a, um, a cement block. Because I haven't bought anything. I yeah. just, uh, that's how much it wants me yeah. to jump. And then I have <laughs> stairs that I have to do. And then there I have, I've just made my outside of my house. Just like every time area. I have to do tricep uh, down and up, <laughs> push ups, tricep dips, push ups, dips. dips. <laughs> I have a porch on the front of my house that is the exact right height. So I yeah, just put just my arms on the porch yeah. and my feet on the ground. Yeah, why so not? I don't, I didn't buy anything. So, no, I don't have all the supplies. Mm-hmm. The best thing, you need a, a rope and then you hang it from a tree and do rope climbs. And then you can. Climb up and then look at all your neighbor's backyard oh my to see who's not taking care of their grass. <laughs> and so you literally are hanging there being condemning and looking down on yeah, people. Yeah, 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 which is what you Physically do. Physically and metaphorically. Right. I, I was going to say, you do that emotionally constantly. So now yes. you can do it. Yeah. Okay, Physically. so you really have a—okay, sorry, go ahead. Anyways, I just think it's really interesting. Fitness I think it's has a, always yes. been something that's helped me. And I'm a nicer person after I work out. Yep. And so the first thing I, I usually do— work out, do my mobility, stretching, kind of some yoga stuff, lift something heavy. And it really, I think spirituality isn't just something you do with your mind. It's something you do with your body. That's right. And I think I find God, whether it's swimming, I enjoy swimming a lot, mm-hmm. a yoga class, uh, a weight training session, CrossFit workout, whatever. I think there's a, a physicality to spirituality. And it doesn't mean, hey, you have to like go bench 300 pounds to be a Christian. I'm not saying that at all. No, no. What I'm saying is, do you know Becca Stevens? Yeah. I love Becca Stevens. I do too. So I was just talking to her last week because I couldn't, like she was gone this week when I'm in Nashville. Like, right. Heartbreak. But she talked about. And you, she was on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. been a couple times. And 
in her newest book, Love Heals, she talks about in the mornings, she'll um, light a candle, she'll hit some yoga poses, she'll go for a walk, and she talks about those practices as healing. Yeah. And I think it's very cathartic for me. That's the type of fitness that that is cathartic to me. Mm-hmm. And I usually work through a lot of anger and frustration yeah. by, you know, throwing a kettlebell, doing some pull-ups or muscle-ups or whatever that is. What's a muscle-up? It's when you're in Austin, we'll show you. <laughs> when I come see the family. Or, yeah, or get Naughty Bulls Web Run and she'll show it. Okay, show that's you. right. Okay. You know, I was actually having this conversation with a couple of the staff people at Crosspoint because truly the only part of us, spirit, soul, and body, that could keep us from doing what we were called to do is if, we, if our body is not healthy. Hmm. Right? Your yeah. spirit and your soul keep going. They keep going. It's your body that doesn't. And so while we are here on this planet, mm-hmm. like I feel like one of my top jobs is to make sure that I keep my body in a place um, that I can do everything that my spirit, that yeah. God has for me to do. Yeah. If my body gives up, now that's barring illness and barring of course. injury and all that. I'm, I'm not speaking about cancer. I'm talking about like yeah. a healthy Annie. Yeah. How I eat and how I work out and how I treat my body really matters for my job. I agree. And I think, I already hate myself. If I'm listening to this podcast, like, I hate this guy talking about working out so much. I asked you because I, I think, it's a, re- I think but, it is a real lack in the church right now talking about the, you will go to church for your spirit, you will go to a counselor for your mind, but you don't you take care go? of your body? Yeah. There's a difference of, okay, if I work out five or six days a week, hypothetically, the first three are taking care of my body. The last three, because I just enjoy it. And so the okay. last three become a hobby. Okay. I think the there's a limit of like, let's take care of yourself. And that's the first chunk of fitness for me. And the second chunk is I just really enjoy this. It's a hobby for me. I, I'm trying to figure out what my bio is going to be because, you know, I've got a book and all that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And if I really write down what I like to do, I like, I, I love my pastoring job. I, most of all, I love being a parent and I love podcasts. I love reading books and I love fitness, but I would never write Luke likes to work out because I feel like when you do that, like you automatically become like a tool. Like mm-hmm. no one, no one likes that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a level of interest in fitness that leads to a, a a body image that is the cancerous version of the the view of fitness oh, wow. that is on the magazine covers. Yeah, and that's good. I think we need to differentiate between the magazine cover fitness, which is not fitness. Like that is obsession with appearances. Yeah, and there's some people who look that way and love fitness and end up close to that because they enjoy it. There are others who do that because they have this dysfunction that makes them feel like my self esteem is attached to looking analogous to what those covers look like. Yeah. And that's what we have to disassociate from health, like you're talking about, and then obsession, which is different. Right. But again, not everyone who works out that much is doing it out of like a dysfunction. Sometimes they just, they, they like it or it's their hobby or, Mm. or or comes naturally to Mm -hmm. them. But a lot of times it's. How do you keep yourself from erring on that side? Uh, I just get injured a lot, and so oh, things. I just old. have to stop. And I like ice cream. Um, <laughs> yeah, there so you that, go. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I think everything you do is your spirituality. So if you have people who say, you know, I really love Bible study fellowship. I love BSF. Yeah. But you don't go to Bible study fellowship. That really is what you think about Bible study fellowship. Yeah. If you're not actually doing it, you really don't think it's that important, right? Um, and if I constantly, if I work out five or six days a week, I'm saying that really matters to me a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I think I. I always have to safeguard myself. Okay, what what are you doing? What are you trying to accomplish? Is this an idol to you? Yeah. And I, I don't have a, a simple litmus test that says this is when I've crossed the line because I think there are probably times that I've gone above it. Yeah. But there are also times I know 
that when things have been really dark in my life, I lean really heavy into fitness, and mm-hmm. I find I find salvation in that. Not yeah. like God is. No, no, no love, that's beautiful. But, no, I'm with you. How do you find time with three kids and a wife and a job and as an author and a pastor? Well. I only have to get two of the kids to turn out well, to, to be doing good. And so I feel like I have some grace. <laughs> One of grace. them's got to be the anchor because she was brought along just to anchor. Exactly. So she's yeah. got to be good. Um, it, it's usually what I do first thing. Part of having a garage gym, it, it uh, streamlines my schedule. Mm. And so I can work out there, get a quick 30-minute, 40-minute workout in. Uh, on a work day, um, work out longer other days, but I can do a quick one there and then go on with the rest of my day instead of having to do, you know, drive 15 minutes to the gym, right. you know, 15 minutes to get in your food and, and your, uh, your clothes packed and all that. So part of it is just the simplicity of it's all right there. Mm-hmm. The swimming pool that I swim in is, is, um, a one minute ride in my neighborhood. So yeah. it's, and honestly, it's something I've done for so long. It's just part yeah, of who I am and your... just my routine. Yeah. I just think it's real important. I think it's not a, um, I mean, as much as people will joke with you about the CrossFit thing, I do think it is someone at some point soon is going to have to start telling the church more about taking care of our bodies. Yeah, yeah I think it needs to be, I think it needs to be someone who's older than me. I don't, I don't feel I like think, it, I feel that about just about everything I say. Do you really? Yeah. Like I don't need to be someone wiser and older <laughs> and more seasoned than me needs to be telling people this. But then at some point, Luke, we are the grownups. Yeah. Right? I mean, is, you're a pastor of a church, right? Like, that is true. I, I, we are the grownups in the church. We are not in our 20s. But here's here's the concern is we live in a youth-obsessed culture. Right. And like I, I look young. I, I've always been told that I get it, whatever, that's fine. I get carded incessantly. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm ordering alcohol incessantly, but in the few times that I do order oh, things boy. that require a card— I'm always guarded. And you can't disassociate the messenger from the message. Yeah. And if if it comes across as saying, in our youth-obsessed culture, we need to continually try to look younger, that's that's not gospel. That's not Jesus. Right. If it's your body is good, it's part of a good creation, and it is a gift that you've been given, and let's be good stewards of what we have, that's, that's gospel. And I don't—we yeah. need to be careful about— because one of the issues with people on the stage far too often is our stages have too much youth and no death. Yeah. And what I mean by that is you have young, pretty people who typically end up on stage, and that's what we elevate and say, this is most important. And right. if you don't have uh, older people or people who, who've experienced limitations because of their physicality, um, then I, I think we fall in line with our youth-obsessed culture and what we're worshiping is really vanity, not not the goodness of creation. Okay, Luke, preach that. I'm sorry. Just... Why are you sorry? I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I think that's good. I think that is the balance of, of, I mean, it's why I'm not talking about it publicly and you're not talking about it publicly except on this podcast, right? Because yeah. we both haven't come to the place where like, that's the, we're the messenger. Yeah. I don't feel like that's, you know, and so I'm hearing you and, and I think that's really fascinating yeah um but it, it and it's a funny thing to and again i said my name is carlos whitaker <laughs> carlos whitaker at gmail.com for anyone who yes. is not happy with what you yeah. said kill the spiders oh my gosh kill them all i can't imagine someone not not agreeing with what you're saying Good. But I, though there may be in that case my name is john a cuff right <laughs> jonathan a cuffer have you had John on the, your show yet? No, I've never had either of those two gentlemen on the podcast. Oh, you should get it. Who's your, is there like a, I have I have an answer, which is why I'm asking you. Is there like a person that you're like, the day I get them on the podcast? Annie Downs. You've done it. Yes, I've, this I've, very I've arrived. Week. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hmm. 
when I started my podcast, there's a list of people I really want to talk to. Yeah. And the one, like this is four years ago. And, yeah. And one person I've never been able to get on that I would love to talk to is Brene Brown. Really? Yeah. Yes. Because you don't care if they're strangers or not. You want people that you think are interesting and smart. Exactly. But you don't care if you know them. No. Yeah. I get sometimes I just get to know people through the podcast and yeah. they become friends on the other side of sure. it. Sure. Sometimes they become enemies. Right. What is your Wait, answer? That's what's going to happen here. Exactly. Enemies. Um, there's an author, well, Reba McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you burst into laughter. That's so real. I want Reeves on the show. Okay. My wife likes you more now. I know, right? Lindsay and I. Um, I want Reba McIntyre. I would like Dolly Parton, but Reba's really the the top. <laughs> and then John Green. There's an uh, author named John Green. He writes Pat Green. Nope. No. Wave I don't on live wave. In Texas. Wave on wave. That thing. Speaking of wave on wave, he's been swimming like Scrooge McDuck in money thanks to that song. I bet. Yeah. That's been going on for decades. He, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So he. No, we yes. were at a. Some guy Are you from friends my, with him? And I just talked about his Scrooge McDuck. Money. No, some uh, we went to a, a benefit concert. One of my friends was putting on, and Pat Green was one of the performers. And so we got to meet him. And my wife's a Texas girl, so I'm not a big country fan. Yeah, but I respect Texas country because yes. I. It's wanna, a whole different genre than yeah. country music. It's fascinating. And so after the after the concert, I'm not saying that Pat had uh, imbibed a few beverages. I'm just saying when he met my wife, he grabbed her by the cheek. Said, "It is so good to meet you," <laughs> holding her cheeks in his hand. Now maybe and she he, was an adult. This yeah. isn't when she's a kid. No, she's like she was 34, <laughs> 35 at the time. And uh, anyway, so Pat Green, no, John Green, John Green, not uh, related. He no, Al Green, no. Oh, let's stay together. Maybe no, John Green. He writes um, young adult fiction. He's just one of my yeah. I know he's just an incredibly good. He writes some of the most beautiful stuff. And actually, at Target last week when I was there with looking at my book for the first time ever, which made me like die. That was the guy you're next to. Yeah, it was the guy. Yeah, yeah I, I was saw next that to video. Him. Yeah, I like it. Just it. was a big. I mean, I've been a fan of his for a decade. His books and he does. Um, they have a podcast and they do videos. You'll think this is really interesting. In 2007, I think him and his brother decided they would not communicate except via YouTube video every day. So one back and forth every day for the whole year. And people started watching it, and someone told me about it one time, so I started watching them. And so I watched them do that. It was called the Vlogbrothers for a whole year. Wow. Right? And it was just a really—and so I feel like I really know him, but I met him one time, and it it, it was— hard to meet someone that you feel like you know so well Mm -hmm. that does not feel the same thing. I bet you have people do that to you. But here's the difference, I think, with me, is that I do actually feel like most people that feel like we're friends, I go like, well, if you feel like that, I'm probably in too. Because I Oh, he wasn't into... I mean, he... No, I was interviewing him. It was in a, like a... I I didn't meet him like this. Mm -hmm. I met him in like, or like in a friendship setting. I met him in an, I'm an interviewer, you're being interviewed setting. Mm -hmm. And he was just going down the line. Oh, so he was in one of those car wash kind of things. Yes, yes, yes. That's, Right, so, so, uh, but I would love to have him on the podcast. Okay. That's like one of the dreams. All right. And then Luke Norsworthy from mm-hmm. Newsworthy with Norsworthy. Yeah. Pat Green, come on up. Wait, John. <laughs> John, Al, AC Green. Oh, who's that? Do I know who that is? Mm, he played power forward for the Lakers in the 80s. And I feel like we had a... Uh, AC Slater. AC Slater. It's interesting how he has spun his career mm-hmm. into like a thing, AC yeah, Slater. Like, yeah, he's, he's doing stuff. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. 
All right, friends, I'm just interrupting me and Luke for a second to say thanks to Baker Books because they are the ones who brought this episode to us. And they have a new book coming out for Christian creatives called Called to Create that sounds super awesome. You know, no matter what your creative work is, have you wondered, like I have, if it's as God-honoring as a pastor or a missionary? Or could you use your creative work to fulfill Jesus's command to make disciples? So if you feel like you are a creative, you are called to create. And in in Called to Create, bestselling author Jordan Rayner answers questions like those through compelling stories from more than 40 Christian entrepreneurs and creatives, including the founders of Tom Shoes, Charity Water, Chick-fil-A, In-N-Out Burger, and more. I love all those things. So those are all some of my very favorite brands. Called to Create also includes stories of culture shapers and creators like C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien, and even Bach, which I think is really rad. So whether you're an entrepreneur or you're just wired to create, Call to Create is going to show you how to embrace God's call and use your endeavors for the glory of God and the good of others. So if you are interested, pick up a copy of Call to Create wherever books are sold. And if you order your copy before November 10th, you're going to be entered, okay, to win a trip to two to Europe. Okay, you can go to Europe and dinner with C.S. Lewis's stepson. Well, okay. That's calledtocreate.org if that interests you. So pick up a copy of Called to Create. Now back to my conversation with my pal, Luke. Um, Let's talk about, I want people to know about your prep for a sermon because I think it's I knew we were going to go there. I just had a sense. Because we're sitting in Michigan Mm -hmm. and our mutual friend, Jason Miller, brings together... Hey, Jay. Brings together a crew of people from all different walks. What, what walks made you say life. yes to going on that trip? I don't know. I uh, I think I was taking painkillers or something. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, he just reached out to me and said, hey, would you come to this? And I thought, that sounds fun. <laughs> you probably really did as an Enneagram 7. I, I literally say that a lot. Because yeah. you just rolled up. Because you weren't even with us in South Bend. You, I you was working, met us in Michigan. Doing the Lord's work. Yes. And then came up that. Oh, did you fly up right after? Yeah, because you got there Sunday night, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I let. Yeah, I did. Besides present company, making mm-hmm. friends with Annie F. Downs, mm-hmm. what was the coolest part to you about that weekend? Um, that meal? Uh, oh, yeah. The last night where... Temper Grill. Temper Grill. Sean Kelly. Sean Kelly doing some work. I mean, listen, six courses. Yeah. Homemade for us. Mm-hmm. A dairy-free plate at every meal for me, which was, I was so grateful for. That was for. really nice of him. Yeah. I had extra dairy, I think. Yes, um, you did. <laughs> and it, extra meat because I couldn't finish all my meat. Oh. And you and Jay finished it for me. That food was so good. It was good to be... Um, it was good to meet people. Yeah. So I think I'd only known Jason and Jonathan before I got there. And Jason said, come up to this. will be fun. And I said, yeah, that sounds sounds great. Yeah. And um, obviously it's a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Um, the Be next to the Great Lake. Great Lake? Is that what it was? I don't know. Yep. Yeah, because we could see Chicago. So what that was, must be Lake Michigan. That, yeah, we that is like a Michigan. Great Lake. One yeah, of the Great one Lakes. Of, um, is there an actual lake called the, the Great Lake? No, I think it's just Lake Michigan. Okay. We can confirm that with Jason, but I'm not real. Or, or anyone who uses a map. I don't have a great answer for this question. <laughs> no, that is a great answer. The meal was a great answer, and meeting people is a great yeah, answer. But I don't know why I went, now that I think about it. I know. I kept thinking why there here? were a couple of different people. I thought, I wonder why they said yes to this. I wonder why they—what What, what mm-hmm. is it—what's the motivation? Not that there's a—I just thought, what made him want to come? I'm glad. Yeah. I'm really glad I you did. Aaron Neguis, I talked to him a few yeah. times before as well. I but, feel like I benefited greatly from you being there. I, like, I think you really did too. love being friends with you and your wife. You're such a jerk. It's really and helped you. And you didn't get on Instagram until after we left. I just started. And I know. And I've only and now my, our whole friendship you've been on Instagram, so I've never been without. Yeah. And you know what happens? I get people say, 
how how is Annie Downs commenting on your Instagram pictures? <laughs> no, people, they don't. I've had that multiple times. People are like, how do you know Annie Downs? I'm like, I don't know. Like, oh, it's just house in Michigan? it's a miracle. It's a miracle <laughs> that she's come down into the Norsworthy family, yeah, that's and right. she's been one of our oh daughters my gosh, now. I know. I, at what the people on my podcast that haven't gotten to yours yet that will go is that you gave me a gift that matches what your daughters have in your family because all their names start with A. Mm-hmm. It's a hot pink blanket shaped like a mermaid tail and it has Annie F on it. Yeah. Like monogrammed. And it made me tear up. You really did tear up. That I was did. it was really sweet. That was well worth the two hundred and twelve dollars <laughs> I spent oh, on it. Oh my gosh, don't even tell me that. <laughs> um here's why that and a lot and my you know this because you haven't been married your whole life, but when families invite single people in, it really matters. It's really special because until I get married, that is my way to family. That is the way that the Lord gives me family. And so it just really, really felt family. So Aww. so I'm really grateful. Okay, so here's what happened. We were at we we're at the House of Michigan. We record the Jason Palooza podcast. Yes. And we're talking about church. And we're talking about mega churches. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about how they lament and don't lament well. Okay. And what most people in the circle didn't know about me, so it's all men in the circle for starters and then me, mm-hmm. which is kind of how a lot of church conversations roll yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. which is great and I love it. But also that was the one year anniversary of our pastor leaving that day. Mm-hmm. And so it just was really uh, more emotional for me than I realized it would be to talk about us lamenting that loss. What kind of response have you gotten to that podcast? And have you had thoughts afterwards? I mean, I think about it a lot. I think about how to help, because what I've said with our friends that were in that conversation since that conversation has been like, we can't go back and lament differently as a church, Crosspoint mm-hmm. can't, but I can sure get a new tool in my tool belt about how to help a church, a yeah. church experience loss corporately or lament something corporately that I did not have in my tool belt a year and a half ago. Really? Huh. What, like, what do you think you have in the tool belt? I will answer your question, but after you yeah. answer mine. Well, I think it's me learning. Well, there's, I mean, there's so much depth to this that I think it's, uh, I think I'm in a season where I'm kind of apprenticing a lot in what it looks like to to lead a church well. I don't think I'll ever, I'm not planning on planting a church. That's not my heart. But but I'm, I'm in a real season where I'm learning a lot about what it looks like to be a mothering voice in a church and a yeah. leader in the local church. And so things like how lament plays out in a corporate setting, whether it's your size church or cross point size church or mm-hmm. everything in the between, um, I want to know, I want to speak lament into a situation where it needs to be there and then let the leaders figure out yeah. how to execute it. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I get back... Um, Whenever I got back from the trip, within a few days after that, uh, one of my friends uh, passed away from our church. Right. And 46-year-old father of two, uh, he had been on my podcast, uh, I think, three or four episodes before. He had been, I think that was like his third time on. And and he had a heart attack, right? And it was like yeah, has, super has sudden. a sudden heart attack. Like yeah. I come out of my Thursday lunch group and my assistant says, something happened, you need to call right away. I call and, I mean, he'd already passed away in that brief period of time and so we have to like lament as a church and so yeah. it's not just uh because he was in your church yeah he's, he's we had a new initiative of zone coverage it was like and so he was a sports guy and so we, yeah he was the face of the video so he was on the big screen for two minutes the week before rolling out this new initiative oh for uh small group kind of type coverage yeah. thing we had a very important um 
classes on racial reconciliation. He was a major voice in that. Yeah. Uh, just a very prominent person and family, two teenage kids. And this happens on Thursday. And then two or three days later, like, we have to get up and talk about it. And right. I didn't think through what do I need to do? What does it mean to lament? I just thought, what is the authentic thing to do? Yeah, what do my people need? Yeah. What, like, what, I just need to be honest. And I was just honest about, you know, the sadness that I felt. And so, yeah, it, it, I got a message from um, someone who uh, had this personal thing going on. And she said, yeah, I really hate crying at work. And I was like, yeah, I know the feeling. I just did that a bunch last yeah. week. And yeah. I, it's... I don't know, in y'all's situation compared to my situation, it, obviously it's different types of grief. But f- for me, it was, I'm just going to be honest about this, and this is where I am. And, you know, afterwards, I'd, I started to second guess, like, how honest and transparent Vulnerability I was. Vulnerability hangover. That's what it is. Yeah. And, but I think people, leaders lead, and they lead you in, this is the path to go down. And if I'm saying authenticity is how you see leadership. And what I'm going to show you is me trying to grieve as healthy as I can. Mm. I don't want to use the sermon in the pulpit as my own, like, uh, counselor's couch. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not that. Like, that's, that's, that's not fair for anyone. And I mean, it's cheaper, obviously, because, you know, counselors charge a lot. (laughs) And to be fair, it's, it's a cheaper use of your pain too, to do that to people. I'm like, you know what, why not? I can get, but that's not fair. But there is a, a, a line that you have to draw of. I need to be honest and transparent. And that's one way I lead. And another part is, like, during his funeral, like, I didn't want to cry during his funeral. Like, right. I, I want to be able to serve and minister uh, to the family. So, okay, so we do first service on Sunday, three days after. I do a couple minutes talking about it and then pray for the family. In the church service, In not the church his service. Yeah, yeah. Service. In, the, in the church service. Um, first service. How many services do y'all run on Sunday? Three. Okay. And so the first one, it was really tough. I didn't get through very far without yeah. breaking down. And the second one, okay, we're going to be okay. And then the worship leader breaks down in the second one before. Mm. And I'm like, oh, right, literally right before I go up. And then all of a sudden I lose my composure. Mm-hmm. And so by the time the, the memorial service happens, like a week later, I thought, oh, I don't want to do that again. And so mm-hmm. I was able to get through the entire eulogy uh, until the very prayer at the end. There was a moment that really got me. But I, all that to say, what I think lament looks like is there has to be an appropriate level of transparency without disrespecting everyone else by making this about you. Yeah. And I don't know I don't know how to describe it. Like I can't put that right. on a spreadsheet and say this is where the line yeah, is. Yeah, 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 right. And it's so hard. I had a I have I've been having a real interesting thoughts about crying on stage lately because I don't like doing it. Yeah, me. I don't it's and last Sunday before I preached at Crosspoint we were praying before the service, and I found myself saying, God, I, help me control my face mm-hmm. because I don't want— and the rest of the sentence is, is because I want, and what I wanted was to look strong. And then I said, oh, uh-huh. you know what? That's dumb. I don't mean that, Lord. I don't want to look strong. This is a pride thing for yeah. me. In this moment, that's not what—I'm not saying that. But no, in no, that no. moment, I realized, like, oh, so often for me, it's not about being transparent and authentic— yeah. It's about because I don't want to look weak. Yeah. I don't want to look, especially for me, especially on a Sunday morning stage that's men and women. In a women's conference, it is, it feels different. It feels different to me. Do you feel like as a as a woman compared to when you feel like as a man? Yeah. But as a woman, do you feel like crying is seen more as weakness than if a man cries? I don't know about the woman and the man. I can tell you that Annie, when I think about Annie F. Downs crying, I feel like it looks like a weakness 
if I see you cry on stage, I would ne- never, any of our friends, mm-hmm. I would never go like, That's what weak. a wimp. But if I, but when in my unhealthiest moments, mm-hmm. when I'm being a healthy Annie and I am a healthy Enneagram 7 who can mm-hmm. feel her emotions and can feel pain and can move forward, it's a different story. When I'm an unhealthy version of me, then when I cry on stage, I think that makes me look weak. Brene Brown says, vulnerability in other people looks like strength. Vulnerability in me looks like weakness. Yeah. And that's that's so true. Yeah. I experienced that with people, friends of ours and other people in my life who, and me, where I see, I see myself feeling my own vulnerability like, oh, Annie, mm-hmm. pull it together. Yeah. You know, and especially because I care a whole lot when I am trusted with sharing a message about Jesus, I care a whole lot that the women in the audience connect and that the men in the audience connect. Mm -hmm. And my fear is when I cry on stage, I stop being the messenger and I start being the female. Oh, wow. I've never thought I was a female, but... Am I off? I mean, maybe that's very vulnerable for me. I'm going to have a vulnerability hangover when this podcast comes out for even saying that. Luckily, there's no way to go back and remove that from the record. Yeah, yeah. If there was only some way that everyone didn't have to hear that. I don't know how that could happen. But do you know what I mean? Do you... Yeah, Yeah. that is how I feel. I feel like I stop being the messenger that they trust Mm -hmm. and I turn into the girl that lives down the street from them that used to, like, come play on the big boy playground. The late night talk show host, Jimmy Kimmel did some very vulnerable stuff yeah. after the Las Vegas. His, his son had some health issues, and then the Las Vegas shooting was really touching for him because he's from Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I saw someone criticizing him, and, you know, there's a picture of him and say, you know, this show's brought to you by estrogen. And so they feminize oh. vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. And so for you to say that's not the preacher, but that's Annie the girl, I think that is the same mentality of to cry is not to be masculine. And that is like a very dysfunctional view of masculinity that has been very consistently taught in our culture for years. Yeah. And I can easily see how you would digress into that because it's very easy. It's it's not a temptation that I would feel if I did that. Well, I guess I would. I would use stuff like, oh, you're being a wuss or, or whatever, yeah, yeah. Um, which I guess is that same, the same school of thought. Yeah. Because I don't think, look, that was really brave of you to do that. Oh, I don't either. But it doesn't stop me from crying. I mean, I still usually really? tear up. Not every single talk, but I mean, that Sunday morning, yeah, because it was a real, uh, yeah, it was just real close to my heart. And my mm. eyes reflect what's happening in my heart. I mean, that's why I teared up when you gave me that blanket. Like yeah. my my face just does not control itself very often that's when it good. comes to emotions. Right. Um, and I, But I wrestle with the masculine, feminine, not that I'm trying to be a man on stage. I am a woman on stage. I recognize that I don't want a man in an audience or a woman in the audience to look at me and say, she's so masculine. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's not what I'm looking for. And so it's, it it is purely insecurity, I guess. Yeah. I think we all wrestle with it though. As a, uh, as a seven, we're going to do the Enneagram Insider Baseball right here. My people love. They do? Oh yeah. We talk, I have two goals on my podcast that people fall in love with Enneagram and fall in love with international soccer. The U.S. team is not helping me with that. Yeah, you got one out of the mm-hmm. two with that in I'm here. I'm going to have to take 50%, I think, until after the 2018. Yeah, I don't know up. anything about soccer because right? I'm an American. So keep going with <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I cried hardly at all until I had daughters. Really? Yeah, I, I, like, I didn't Were cry my own. Were you just able to make yourself not cry? I, I didn't. Think- I'd have to make myself. It just didn't happen. I was just like, oh, that's an emotion? Nah. Pass, hard pass. Wow. And until I had daughters, that's when, yeah, it, it became— Do you think it would have been different with sons, or is it is I, it purely—is it you being a father of daughters, or is it you being a father? 
I think it's being a father. I think it's like maturity, hopefully. But I I can't remove that from the gender of my kids. Sure. I think there's a special bond of fathers to daughters. But then again, I don't have any other experience other than that. Yeah, my I, dad's the father of three daughters as well. Really? Mm-hmm. And I agree that there you can't. I mean, you can't separate that. And there's something mm. special for men. I personally believe, but this is my family bias, that God really trusts men that He gives all daughters to. Hmm. I think it's. I also special. heard a professional cage fighter once say that when you have so much <laughs> testosterone, the universe has to balance it out by a lot of estrogen, uh-huh. and so it took. <laughs> four females in the house to match <laughs> to balance you. my testosterone. Now I understand. I should have known where you are going when you led with, I once heard a cage fighter say. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of my <laughs> great thinking from cage fighters. Yeah, sure. And that's, Seems right. Um, okay, so you is, didn't start crying until you had daughters. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy because your oldest is nine? Yeah. So nine of your 30, so a fourth of your life, not counting your baby years. Yeah. You that, have tapped into the emotion that, t- do you, does it, the non-crying, I call those the good years. <laughs> How did you release that emotion 15 years ago? I just didn't have it. Like, I just pushed oh, it down. Wow. Oh, the seven stuff. Yeah, just just yeah. ran away from it. I don't remember thinking, oh, I'm about to cry. Let me go put on a cage fighting match. Right, um, right, right. Uh, I've literally never said that either. You haven't? No. You need to try it. Uh, <laughs> that sounds fun. Um, I just don't think I had access to that part of my humanity. I think oh, it was wow. almost like it was a muscle that I hadn't worked and hadn't developed or it was like a part of my heart that there was just like a, a vault that just said, eh, no one comes in here. I, I, I don't know. How has your life uh, improved since not only from having daughters, but now that you've tapped into that part, do you feel like your life is better or do you feel like you understand yourself better? I don't know if I would say better. I think it's more honest. I oh. think it's open like to all of I think Jesus was the the fullness of humanity. Like Jesus yeah. is the paragon of what humanity is supposed to be. Yeah. Like you know Adam, Adam Hebrew man. Like he's first man. Jesus, according to Paul, like is the second Adam, but he is mm-hmm. the fullness of what Adam is supposed mm-hmm. to be. And I think you've seen Jesus, the fullness of all human emotions. And to not step into that pain and that hurt, while it doesn't seem better, I think it's more honest and it's more real. Yeah. We a friend and I, mine and I, yesterday were talking about enneagram stuff. Of course we were, and we were talking about how. Jesus is all of them. Like people mm-hmm. will say Jesus is a two and you're like, no, he literally was all of them. Yeah. Like he is the fullness of every personality. Mm-hmm. And so, but that would be a lot to try to be. All I ha- I had a, a buddy of mine, he's a pastor in, in Colorado. Uh, Jeff, he's like, he's a one. He goes, I think Jesus was a seven. I go, first of all, that's a good choice. If he's going to be one, <laughs> that's the right one. Lead with that one. But I think the Enneagram would teach us that each number represents a different facet of the image of God. Mm-hmm. And if Jesus is the fullness of humanity, that means the image of God is revealed in the helper of the two, in the reformer of the one, yeah. of the peacemaker of the nine. Yeah. Insert the rest. I could keep going, but we you can. You could. I've gotten really good. My staff has gotten really good at us noticing when I digress into a one, when I'm under stress mm-hmm. and I become a perfectionist. What is the line you, that she says, I didn't sign up for this? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's what Eliza, my Hashtag research. Yeah. yeah, I did sign up for Well done. Research. Well done. You really learned about our lives. Um, yeah, so it's been really interesting to, it's so helpful to have that piece of wisdom, even for myself, when I see it myself, when I start feeling stressed and I go, well, then we need to take out care of this and this and this, and we should end this. And Do you do that to your staff too? They uh, were talking to my wife and said, there's no way Luke's a seven. He seems more like a one to us. <laughs> so... Do I do that? <laughs> maybe a little bit. Um, maybe a little bit. Uh, How many people do you have on your church staff? 
there are like full-time ministers, probably a dozen-ish. Oh my gosh. How many people in your church? Uh, I think like the 14, 1500. Oh, okay. So, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, like an average Sunday is like a thousand, something yeah. like that. And three services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does your room hold? The room holds, it's a 1200 or something like that. Okay. I mean, if we just packed it all the way yeah, to yeah, the gills. Yeah. So. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm I mean, going to have to come. I want to come on that Sunday that I'm in town. You need to. I know. Yes. Come I will. February. Yeah. I'm going to for if gathering. Yeah. Because you're like the if queen. <laughs> No, that's Ma- Madam Ginny Allen. I am just uh, coming on Saturday. I don't know much about the If Gathering, partly because I feel like I'm excluded from that. Yes, so it's it is. Like, is If short for If You're a Man, Don't Apply? Yeah, <laughs> If You're a Man, You're Not Welcome Here. Okay. No, no, no. If God is real, then what? That's what it is. Really? Yeah. If God is real, then what? I G T. Oh, gosh. They don't. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It doesn't work out letters like that. That's just where if came from. If. Hmm. I like it. If God is real, then what? Everyone loves it. I think there's a satellite thing at our church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If local, as they're called. Yeah, yeah. Where there's like video you guys shoot in and all that. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Is Lindsay part of that? I don't know. Sure. She will be. Because I'll be there. So she'll be like, duh. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk for just a minute about your book that's coming out? Oh, this is going to be fun. Uh, and it's coming out next August. Yeah, next so we'll October. Lo- oh, excuse me, next Remember, October. Remember, we're going to have a oh, yeah, book twins. showdown. Yeah, <laughs> we are not having a showdown. We're having a cheer on. We're not going to have a showdown. I thought we were going to do like the rival pref- press conferences and then— Oh, yes, you were gonna, sorry. Yeah. We did decide that, like the mm-hmm. like the boxers like the, who went yes. around the country. Mayweather and McGregor. <laughs> That's going to be Which a, one I'm do you want to be? Right. The one who does domestic violence or the one who's a little bit racist? You get to pick whichever <laughs> one you want. You Let can me choose. think on it. Yeah, Let me think on decide. it. I've got some time. Okay. Yeah, because my next trade book comes out next October as well. Trade That's book. right. Like, you sound so official. Well, because say- this one, 100 Days to Brave, that came out last week, is, is, tr- is a gift book. A gift book. Yeah. Because it's the, okay. Because it's hardback, because it's shiny pages, and it's not chapters, it's devotions. And it's 100 so days. It's in it, and it's 100 days. So uh, the next one is called A Trade Book, which is also what you are okay. writing. Okay, all right. Carry Say on. your title of your book. Yes. It, it No. <laughs> <laughs> The title is well. It can I say titles not because I think it's set like it's like this is the title. Oh, do you not want God to? over good is the yeah, title, which is so good. The subtitle kills me too. Will you say that? I, is that still working? I've said it, but I'm not 100 percent sure because they've changed it, like the order mm. of the words. But yeah. it's something about how losing your expectations can save your faith. I mean, that's it. I, to me, that is one of the biggest. That has been one of my life's biggest issues with God is not that he did not do what he said. It said he did not meet my expectations. Mm. And so um, the older I get and the more I hopefully mature in my faith and in my life, the more I'm coming around the idea that I should let go of my expectations and let him be the driver and let me just ride. Yeah. You know? Just carry underwood it, you know? That's right. Jesus, Jesus take take the the wheel. wheel. For sure. That is right. Nashville zone. What what made you ride it? Were you an expectations guy? Um, I don't think I was an expectations guy. I think I was someone who's, yeah, I did have expectations, but I would have thought of it more as someone whose expectations led them into a situation where God wasn't there. The God Mm. that I expected to be there was not real. And so it was, I got stuck in a situation where not only was my faith in this, but also my paycheck and my education and training wow. and I ran up against the wall and go, Oh, this this is not working. Yeah. And so I either would have 
lost my faith or I had to lose my expectations. Yeah. Oh. Hashtag plug for my own book. Man, that's – well, no, I mean – a, people can't even buy it. So this isn't even a plug. This is truly me talking to my it, friend. It literally, my editor hasn't even come back with the first manuscript right, yet. So right. this might and be- And I have a copy. You do. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. yeah. Um, if it's on the internet in like a week, <laughs> I'm coming after on Google, you. On yeah. Google Reader, or Google, Google Books, whatever yeah. it's called. Um, yeah, no, that's not a plug. I think that's a really brilliant reality is that we have this opportunity to- live under our expectations or let them go. Yeah. And people can't disassociate often their expectations and what God actually is Mm. because it kind of gets all mixed together. And there's a a line in the book about how expectations appear like stains on a white couch. You don't know when they happen. They just appear. They're just there. And unless you're able to pick them apart, that eventually you think, well, this whole, uh, this whole thing is, is not working. And so I'm done Mm. with it all. When really you just need to learn how to lose certain parts of your expectations so that you can, Keep going in your faith. Yeah, that's great. Thank How you. did you feel now that you finished the first draft? Because it wasn't finished when we were in Michigan. Correct. Yeah. Um, it, the phase in the season was over. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, like I, I cut my hair because I thought this season's over. Oh, that's part of it. That's part of the haircut. That's really like, that. Really, here we I, go. People, like, what did you cut your hair for? I'm like, well, I, I just time for a new season, new phase. Because I didn't want to say, well, because my first book is done, and I wanted to designate this as a like this is a new season of my life. But that's really. I want to say this is over. I'm going to start writing another book, and I'm going to work on that. I saw you already outlining it. I was like, come on with that. Yeah, so I'm— But you also put your book outline on the internet. People can't read my handwriting. I tried. I zoomed in. And? I couldn't read anything. Uh, That's my point. That's my point. That's why (laughs) I write it like that. I zoomed in. I was like, I'm going to text this. I can't read it. It's okay. You can't can't read it. I knew that. That is really interesting. We talk a lot— on the podcast and in my life about seasons and appreciating them and yep. and naming them. Because a lot of times we feel embarrassed or prideful or mm-hmm. ashamed of going, yeah, I think I'm entering a new season or yeah, I think the season's over. Yep. And so um, and so I love that you're really openly saying like, I mean, I got a haircut. Like you got a significant haircut. Yeah, we you had, chopped uh, it you off. You had hair and yeah. now you do not Don't have, have hair. hair. No, yeah. I, I have a coworker named Cliff who's an Enneagram 5 who – does not have emotions. Like, I am far more in touch with my emotions than he ever will be. Yeah. And hey, Cliff, I, he's an avid listener. So yeah, he is. Yeah. But I told him this, and he's like, that's nice that you think that way. It's <laughs> 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 just, he just isn't even, he's like, oh, interesting. I, I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there's a, there's a grace in going, this is a season, this is a time. And I think for people like us that come from, like, you're, Baptist church, mm-hmm. church, low churches like us typically don't revolve around the Christian calendar. Right. And so we don't have special times and special seasons. Right. It all becomes Except Christmas. Christmas, yes. That's which, it. yeah. Yeah, you know, it was a big deal for the early church. Just kidding. It wasn't <laughs> until 300 years later. Thank you, winter solstice, Constantine. <clears throat> anyway, but yeah, you have to have mark seasons and times and phases. And I, I think that's how you transition and grow and. You love journaling. I don't. It just seems like the worst thing in the world to me. Oh, wow. But I think as you were describing uh, Kevin McQueen? Kevin, Kevin Queen. Kevin Queen. I yeah. think a Mick would be nice at the beginning yeah, of his name. Yeah, well, I'll check with him. Kevin McQueen. Yeah, there you go. Um, call him that. Uh, I'll call him Mick. So when he came, like you were able to go back to your journal and say, this is what happened. Yeah. This is a, something that, that I can see. I think seasons kind of do, do the same thing of, yeah. all right. I can't believe you don't journal at all. Look at my handwriting. First I know. of all, I hate writing. Well, Kevin McQueen does it on um, Evernote, if that makes your life better, if you could type. Here's my genuine truth about journaling. Like in the last um, 
three months where my life has changed pretty significantly and mm-hmm. some new things and old things and whatever. Is that because we met? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to like yes. walk around but say you, is now that I'm part of the Norsworthy family. family. Yeah. Um, I am looking through my journal, like my last journal. Like I read stuff from when we were in Michigan this morning. Really? Yeah. I need to remember more then genuinely, I'm not being a smart aleck. I genuinely think there are people who are able to retain more than I am and who are able to call on their memories better than I am. And I'm, I'm, I need it in, on paper. Huh. I need to look at it because I need to go, I know God said this to me. And I know I saw that. I see a lot of pictures in my head when I'm praying. And, and so I write them down and I just go, I saw this. I saw this. I know I saw this. And so hmm. Lord, bring it to pass or, rem- or erase it or tell me what it means or whatever. Hmm. And so I, I need journaling more than you do, probably. So do you write, like, paragraphs or, like, bullet points? Yeah. Do I have it with me? No. I mean, I wouldn't read it to you, but I would show you. I would like to read it right yeah. now <laughs> on this microphone. I'd like to start with, um, yes, I write paragraphs. Usually, Well, I write out all my prayers. Part of being a seven is that we move too fast through things. And it slows you down. It slows me down. And so I really hand write out just about everything I pray. And so it takes me some time in the mornings. But I, And if a scripture jumps out, I'll, I'll, I'll transcribe it into my journal. I do a lot of contemplative prayers. So I could say, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, times 106. Yeah, there you go. And, and so I can get it. it done really fast. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so contemplative prayer is good for sevens. Uh, labyrinth prayer is good for sevens. And journaling mm. is good for sevens because it all makes us slow down and get in a rhythm yeah. versus like, quick praying and forgetting about it. And so, um, and I, like I did Mark Batterson's uh, circle maker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Draw the it. circle. Is it, and so you pray for 40 oh, I, days. I didn't read the book, but I know it sure, exists. Sure, sure, sure. Um, you pray for 40 days. So right before South Bend, early September, I had, there was a season where I was off of work. And so I, I that was part of that. Mm-hmm. And, and I would just pray for certain things every single day. And it's amazing to see the transformation in my prayers. Really? Oh, it is it's crazy. Like I prayed for a hundred days to brave for the book. And I started praying for the book I was finishing writing. And over the three or four weeks of the first half, it transitioned to praying for 100 days to brave. Mm. And I just felt it in me like, oh, I should pray for this one now. And then these big, massive prayers started coming out. And I was like, oh, (laughs) right. And so, and I can see that transgressions, no transformation. Interesting. Okay. So I'm going to get I'm about 97 days to brave right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about three deep. Um, Our friend Jonathan Merritt said, um, I skimmed through it. I did 100 minutes to brave. (laughs) I was was powering through it on the plane. I'm going, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm... Does that not count? Anyway, yes. uh, maybe I need to try journaling. Maybe not for 100 days. Maybe sure. maybe a month of journaling and see what happens. I mean, I think it'd be interesting for you, even if you did it during Advent, if you just decided like every day of Advent, I'll journal something. You don't have to do paragraphs, do bullet idea. points. I'm 100%. That's Okay, do it. Advent journaling. Okay. Yeah, and then just do, and because then I read, I use the Bible project to tell me what to read because um, I'm trying to read through the New Testament by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And so... I read what the Bible project tells me to read and whatever jumps out at me, I write my journal and then I pray about what matters to me and then I pray about what matters to my friends. So you read your Bible, journal, and that's your... Drink hot tea. Hot tea. Sometimes if I wake up with a song in my head, I play it because I trust that. Really? Uh Uh-huh. You know what I do? Um, I usually, first thing in the morning, I have my kind of eat a little bit, go work out, Mm -hmm. and then I get done and then I make a protein shake and then I have my... Bible, and then I have ice because usually something hurts. So I have like oh, a, a chunk of ice that I'm rubbing like on my shoulder, yeah. and I'm reading my Bible, listening to my protein shake. And so I do not have another 
like a hand that I could write down. Oh, sure, yeah. And so I think I wouldn't be able to journal for that. I've decided I'm not going to do it anymore. Because <laughs> so if, quickly. If, if I'm icing this arm and and drinking with this. Well, wait. Um, so what about when you finish your protein protein shake? Why did I do that? I like your inflect shown yeah, on that. Right. It was very. When you finish your protein shake, why don't you just uh, set it down and write in a journal for a second? How long does it? Are uh, you standing? And reading? I'm doing some uh, calf raises. In the, Are you? No, no, I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, okay. I can picture you like standing at like a kitchen counter doing calf raises and icing your shoulder. I hate the person that you <laughs> that I've believe you I am to be since no. that's the person you think. I, no, no, no. Oh. I love it. I think okay. it's great. How long does it take to journal? Like how many? I probably, 40 minutes. I probably. Oh, I, no. But no, no, no. Not to, that's my whole time. That's like wake up, start making tea. Sit down and read, and I read slow because I ask a lot of questions while I'm reading, and then I journal. Yeah, it's 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 forty minutes in my morning, thirty to forty minutes in my morning. Okay, well, thank you. You don't have this. to do that. Yeah, but don't do that long. Journal. Have you one- thought there's uh, Mind Hunters is a new show on Netflix? Uh huh. Have you thought about doing that instead of journaling? <laughs> Watching it. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like that's uh, there. That's there are other use options. of thirty to forty five minutes at six a.m. on a weekday. I get you. Yeah. Thank you. Just options. Um, Luke, we did it. How long did was that? An hour. Oh, wow. This is like... Here's the thing. We weren't even sure we could do one podcast, and we did two full podcasts. This is like a two-hour... Experience for I, people. What I really hope is there's some people who just saved this and listened to this all at one period of time. Yeah. Not on fast forward, just like not the on whole, 1.5. Do it. I the think normal there should speed. be a reward if they do. Okay. So here's what we'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are anyone who tweets both of us saying they listen the whole way through. Mm-hmm. You have to tweet both of us at Luke Norsworthy mm-hmm. at Annie F Downs. Tweet both of us. Say you listen to the whole way through at normal speed. And we will be in touch, and we'll email you something. I'll email them something. I have a, I have some, I have a thing that we've given away. I can give that. To and them. and you know, we'll also do we'll give them a discount for Catalyst. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tyler Reagan will be down with that. We'll give you a discount yes, for Catalyst. Yes, you can use that twenty percent off code. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's usually three hundred dollars, but for my listeners, it's two hundred dollars. That's right. That we'll was give some you a Catalyst conference discount. Well, yeah, you did. You were mocking, and I was really giving things away. Yeah, I think that's I'm a giving great... some of your stuff. I'm going to ma- email the first 20 people each get a chapter of your new book. <laughs> no. But not the whole thing. Just give them, like— Pre-edited. You, okay, you made me print it off and mail it to you. Yes, I did, because I will never Hashtag read it as Diva. a PDF. Just send but them, you like, did not bind it, which I was surprised. You just sent me a stack of papers. I didn't know. <laughs> I asked— My assistant took it and bound it. Thank you. Like So. Just send them, I'm like, two it. random pages. Like, page yeah, just four, pull. page 98. <gasps> just two that's random pages. really funny. It is. Okay, we'll think of something. That may that may be what happens. Don't know. You don't send yeah. my book. I'm joking. That's a terrible. No, I'm idea. saying why don't I take one of my books and we'll just we'll sign a bunch of pages and we'll tear them out and mail. Oh. That's so funny. I can try my new signature. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly what we're doing. That's a thousand percent <laughs> what we're doing. It, the first. That's so not fair because West Coast people have such a disadvantage. Disadvantage. Okay, anybody, we'll anybody just, who tells us they listen to both all the way through tweets both of us. Mm-hmm. And says that we will get your mailing address from you and we'll mail you an autographed piece of one of my books that we've ripped out. <laughs> With the gold, do you have the gold Sharpie still? Yeah, yeah. You okay. can use that. Done. Okay. We're going to do that before you go out of town tomorrow. Okay. All right. And I use a quad pen, these four color pens. Yeah, you do. I haven't seen those since middle school. Well, Literally where you push down red or black or blue or green. Why mm-hmm. do you do that? Because they're awesome. Partly because it also functions as a fidget spinner for me. Oh, sure. It's and, like so, a, mm-hmm. and so I drive... I have them in my truck, and I'll be driving, and just in my right hand, I'll be doing this. It's almost like a 
pieces every step kind of thing. Oh, wow. Okay. Tick not hon right there. Yeah, well done. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, here's the last question we always ask friends. What sounds fun to you right now? Um, We're eating a ball or dinner with our friends tonight. Wh- what kind of food is it? Sushi. Okay, yeah, that sounds fun. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, my typical response is a food with a lot of sugar in it. Oh, that yeah, you sounds- love ice cream. Have you been to Jenny since you've been here? No, I don't know Jenny. Okay. <laughs> we'll see if we can make that happen for you tonight. That's outstanding. Okay. This has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, I and enjoyed it. For all the people who say, Luke, how do you get Annie F. Downs to talk to you on the Twitter? <laughs> I want to say this to all of you because I know many of you are listening. It can happen to you too. Oh kids. my gosh. Dreams come true and <laughs> they just happened here. right now. So let your dreams grow and expand because mm. who knows? God might just give them to you. Oh, my gosh. And then you brought the Lord into it. All right. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you wish we would? Um, For anyone who needs to repent, please come forward while we stand and sing. (laughs) Acapella. Yes. Okay. So Luke and I are staying true to what we said. If you have gotten all the way here and you listen to both episodes, you got to tweet us and tell us, and we will get your mail and address, and we will send you an autographed page of one of my books ripped out, literally ripped out. We'll put it in in an envelope to you, and Luke will get to practice his autograph. I hope y'all enjoyed this fun new thing, this two-parter with Luke Norsworthy. I'm super proud to be friends with a man and a pastor like this and someone who treats people as well as he does. So I am really grateful that he was on the show and that y'all got to meet him. If you didn't already know him, his podcast has become a favorite of mine. If you haven't listened to it, let me suggest a couple of episodes. I really love the one I was on. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, No, really. The first part of this was great. The one that we talked about, Church Lamenting, that we mentioned in the podcast is called Jason Palooza, um, named after our friend Jason Miller. And so you can go back and listen to that one. And then also his conversation with our pal Brad Lominick. I really enjoyed, who is an Enneagram 3, and y'all know that they scare me, but Brad's a safe one. So um, I think those are great episodes y'all can go back and check out, but I have not met an episode of Luke's podcast that I did not enjoy. So feel free to, and I would suggest you subscribe, and so you don't miss any of the ones coming in the future. If you are new to our podcast, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. We love to have fun here, and I love to introduce you to my friends. So this is one of the most favorite episodes. So if you get a chance to subscribe, rate and review the show, it just helps other people know they are welcome here. Hey, and if you need me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F as in fancy, Annie F Downs across all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, my website, and my new book, 100 Days to Brave, just came out last week and it's in Target. So go and pick it up, check it out, buy one for your friend, whether they believe everything you believe or not. Give them this book. Let them get a chance to be a little bit braver than they are today. So I am going to go to dinner with Luke and some of our other friends. And I'm really looking forward to it because sushi, as you know, if you've read Looking for Lovely, is one of my very favorites. So go out and do something that sounds fun to you as well. And we will see you next week.